is our special guest tonight, Representative Brian Babin. Congressman Babin represents the 36th district in the eastern part of Texas. He's been a member of Congress since 2015 and is committed to creating a stronger and more secure America for future generations. Representative Babin has played a leading role in Congress in recent years to halt refugees from dangerous parts of the world entering the United States until they can be properly vetted. He has also introduced important legislation suspending visas and withholding aid to countries that do not take back their criminal aliens. Prior to his congressional service, Representative Babin was a dentist and had served as a captain in the Air Force. Before we turn to Congressman Babin to say a few words, I just want to remind our members that this town hall meeting is being recorded and we may be putting part or all of it on our website. To ask Congressman Babin a question, at any time, please press zero on your phone. Congressman Babin, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to discuss immigration policy with our members. Oh, it's great to be with you tonight, Rob and Sherry and all of the uh, people that are listening in on fair. Uh, I just want to tell you how honored I am to be joining you tonight. And, uh, you know, I just appreciate the, the hard work of FAIR and all of your members who are just absolute patriots and know that uh, we've got to control uh, immigration, we've got to control refugees in order to salvage our country and, and protect us from, uh, from bad actors. Uh, and uh, I've been focused, as you said, in Congress since I, since I came here and was sworn in in January of uh, 2015. I've been focused on, the, on our refugee program and on criminal aliens. And I've introduced and been pushing two bills. I introduced one over a year and a half ago. Um, and uh, we had uh, 87 uh, co-sponsors. Uh, and yet we could not get it to the floor. So I've reintroduced that one. It's the National, it's the Resettlement and National Security Act. Uh, and, uh, what it would do would pause our refugee program until we can properly vet these people, uh, from these, uh, from, especially from these terrorist hotspots that are around the world. And, uh, the other bill is, uh, is, is called the, uh, the Criminal Aid and Deportation Act. And, uh, that one is, uh, this, in this, uh, Congress, it is now, uh, H.R. 82, the, the new resettlement and, and, uh, uh, National Security Act, the refugee bill is H.R. 80. And, uh, we have been pushing these bills, as I said, for a good long while. I'm very, very pleased that President Donald Trump has, has uh, taken some executive actions that would do essentially what my bills would do. And, uh, but, uh, you know, of course, he's been held up by the Democrats in a hostile media that portrays his executive action uh, as a uh, Islamophobic and xenophobic and, and uh, racist uh, in, in some kind of context. When in reality, there's no such thing uh, in, in his executive order uh, or in my bills that is anti-Muslim or Islamophobic <clears throat> because there, there are uh, dozens of, of Muslim-majority nations in the world today. And uh, these, uh, these, his, his initial executive order was only going to pause the refugee influx from seven countries. Of course, the the Ninth Circuit Court on the West Coast 
better known as the left coast, uh, has, has um, held that up. And so he's come up with a new executive order, uh, which is going to, to uh, uh, comprise six uh, countries that uh, we're going to pause refugees from, from coming in. And uh, <clears throat> these are, are uh, countries that are failed states or enemies of the United States. Iran is one of them, definitely the largest exporter of terrorism in the world today. Uh, and then the other ones, uh, like Yemen and uh, Syria, uh, Libya, and so on and so forth, these are, these are failed states that absolutely have no uh, uh, depository, a centralized uh, uh, depository of information on their own citizens. So we cannot. And, and uh, we cannot properly vet these people coming from these nations. Our own FBI director and Homeland Security Secretary and uh, classified briefings uh, over the last two years has told us in Congress that they could not properly vet folks uh, coming from uh, countries like, uh, like Syria. And so I think it's just an absolute no-brainer. We don't want to allow bad actors because ISIS has already – a promise to exploit our refugee program, um, you know, and come in and, uh, and, and commit uh, terrorist acts. We've seen it happen already, not only here, but also uh, in Western Europe and our allies' uh, countries. Uh, and uh, we, we don't want a repeat of these. So I think it's very important that we, have, uh, that we support the President's executive order but on the other hand, we want to continue, and I am continuing, uh, to push my bill, H.R. 80, uh, so that we can codify, we can put into law what Trump's executive order will do. So, because we never know, Rob and Sherry, that we might wind up with another president like President Obama in the future, and he will simply just reverse uh, President Trump's executive order. So it needs to be put in the law. And uh, so this is why we continue to do that. And uh, I was very pleased uh, to, to be sitting in a front row, uh, a ringside seat, I should say. I, I wasn't in a front row seat, but I was real close to the president during his uh, State of the Union message the other night. Very, very happy to hear this. It was a powerful moment. I thought he, he was very effective. He, he did not mince words when it came to his agenda. Uh, he reached out to the other side. I can't say they reciprocated very nicely. Uh, but nevertheless, I think the American people, uh, at least the, most of them, thought he hit a home run on this, on this speech. And uh, I felt the same way uh, on all the important issues that we're facing today, whether it be uh, you know, illegal immigration, refugees, national Security, of building up our military again, uh, you know, building the wall, all the uh, tax reform, regulatory reform, repealing and replacing Obamacare, on and on, all the, the, the important issues that we face today. And so uh, with that, I think I'll just uh, open it up for questions if anyone has any. Thank you so much for those words, Congressman. Um, we're going to start things off with a couple of questions from up that fair, but I want to remind everybody and anyone who may have joined a couple minutes late that, you know, we're, we'd like to make this as interactive as possible. So if you have a question for the congressman, if you press zero on your phone, then we can uh, hopefully get 
get to your question and have you directly ask it to the congressman. So again, if you have a question, press zero on your phone at any time. In the meantime, to get things started, Congressman, you know, Fair really believes that the way Donald Trump separated himself from the Republican pack in the primary and then what differentiated himself from Hillary Clinton was his strong immigration position. He was for no amnesty, enforce the law, and prioritize American workers. And this was the type of platform that we have not seen maybe ever. Despite the clear mandate that the American people sent him to the White House and sent a strong Republican majority in both the House and Senate, you know, we're, we haven't seen immigration show up yet in the opening days of, of the 115th Congress. We know that we're working on health care reform now, and there's some talk about tax reform coming up soon. Can you give us and our listeners any insight from what you've heard from leadership, maybe the White House as well, about when we can expect to see legislative action on immigration that we all want to see? Well, let me just say this, Rob. I can't answer that question. I really can't. All I can tell you is that I'm talking to the leadership. I'm talking to committee chairs. Uh, we have reintroduced uh, uh, our bill. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm anxious as you are because this is a huge issue. It's not the largest issue that we, that I think Mr. Trump ran on. People are tired of seeing their hard-earned tax money uh, go to those who are here illegally, and many of them are even criminal illegal aliens. And that's what that was. That's what my other bill is about. I didn't discuss that, but I will in a little bit. Our criminal alien deportation bill. And I think this is what the wall was all about. And I think, uh, as you said a while ago, Mr. Trump separated himself uh, from the other candidates, uh, really. And surprisingly, because we have not heard uh, any candidates speak uh, in such cogent, strong terms uh, about closing our border down, enforcing existing law, and start thinking about American citizens for a change and protecting us from criminal aliens and the billions and billions of dollars that we spend on illegals who come here and we have to educate them. We have to treat them medically. Uh, we have to pay for their incarceration. Uh, and I was, seeing, I was looking at some uh, uh, some statistics the other day, and that it said the average illegal alien was costing uh, the American taxpayer between fifty and one hundred thousand dollars each over that uh, particular person's lifetime. And uh, it said that that the uh, the cost of uh, the proposed wall that, that President Trump wants to build, uh, if we only stop 10 to 15 percent of those who are coming in illegally, the wall would pay for itself uh, if it runs 15 to 20 billion dollars. And that's a lot of that's a, that's not just chump change there. That's how much America is paying uh, for the illegal aliens to come in and. Uh, so I think it's just a no-brainer. I think this is why people had a revolution at the ballot box. They were tired of what we're seeing. They they see, especially, and I'll give you an example. I'm a veteran of the Army and Air Force, and many of our veterans find it harder to 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 get our benefits that are promised to us 
the veterans promise, the promise that our country has made to our soldiers and sailors, airmen and marines who wore the uniform in defense of this country, they have a harder time getting benefits than illegal aliens. And that is absolutely inexcusable. And uh, so, you know, it's time to stop the political correctness, the insanity that's been going on and afflicting America for many years. Uh, in the name of diversity, we're supposed to let our guard down and let people in who are infiltrated by ISIS and other terrorist organizations. In the name of diversity, and we have absolutely, uh, with our visa program, with our asylum seekers, with our, our uh, open borders and our refugee program, the result has been over 3,000 Americans killed uh, in terrorist action uh, and activities since 9-11. Uh, and then we've also seen uh, in, in Western Europe, as I said a while ago, uh, numerous atrocities that have occurred over there, uh, you know, in like Nice and Paris and Brussels and, and uh, Berlin. And, uh, and, of course, we've had the same thing here, Boston Marathon bombing. Uh, San Bernardino, Orlando, uh, Garland, Texas, Chattanooga, Tennessee. We could go on uh, and talk about uh, the dangers that, that, that these programs pose. And so all I can tell you, you listeners out there, talk to your congressman, wherever you are across this country, and tell them to support Donald Trump's executive orders, and uh, we need to get it into law, so that's why we need to support H.R. 80, the, the uh, Resettlement Accountability Act, which is my bill that would stop and pause the refugee program, just like this uh, President Trump's executive order. But we need to get it into law so it can't be reversed by the uh, the next president, who might be another Barack Obama or somebody like that. And then the criminal alien situation. Since, not, since 2013... We have released, I say we, the, the Obama administration has released over 86,000 criminal aliens uh, uh, that, that were serving time in jails and, and in prisons and who had committed over 231,000 crimes, which range from driving under the influence all the way up to rape, murder, robbery. Uh, and so... The the uh, the situation is that we haven't been deporting, as the law specifies, we're supposed to deport any aliens who are committing crimes. It is not happening. And not only because the administration was just failing to enforce the law, but when they did try to enforce the law, some of the countries, uh, the home countries of some of these criminal aliens, refused to take them back, even though we are giving these particular countries there's 23, 25 of these countries that are notorious for not cooperating with our federal government and repatriating their own criminal aliens. And many of these countries have taken millions of dollars in foreign aid. And, and my criminal aid deportation bill would lower the boom on some of these countries, cut off their foreign aid, cut off their visa programs, and give standing in federal court to the victims uh, and their families uh, to force uh, deportation of some of these criminals. So, anyway, there we go. Next question. Congressman Babbitt, thank you so much. Um, I want to remind our listeners to press zero if they have a question. Also, um, I'd like to say President Trump, early in his campaign, said that he would build the wall. And he 
Trump is already pushing forward with his efforts to build a wall that is estimated right now $21 billion. Will Congress fund this presidential priority, and how will they do it? How much is likely to be funded? Well, you know, that, that's, a, that's a good question, and it's something that he promised, and I can tell you that we intend to have this wall built. And I'm going to repeat a little bit of what I said just a second ago. Uh, uh, the statistics show us and the numbers show us that the average illegal alien costs the American taxpayer between fifty dollars and $100,000 over the lifetime of that illegal alien. If we stop just 10 to 15% of those people who are coming into this country illegally uh, and costing the taxpayers this much money, we will pay, that wall will pay for itself within 10 years. That's how we're going to pay for that wall. And uh, I can tell you that where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, President Trump is absolutely determined, and the, and the Congress, at least the ones that I'm talking to of my colleagues, are determined to see that it's done. And then also, let me back up just a little bit more, because I realized I was telling to urging people to, con to contact their congressman to support my two bills uh, on, on uh, pausing the refugee program and deporting these criminal aliens. Because uh, you would ask, why can't we get these, uh, does the Congress intend to, to, to vote on immigration and some of these issues? Call your congressman, wherever, you're, wherever you live, whatever state, whatever district you're in, urge them to support H.R. 80, the, the pause of the refugee program the, from, from uh, dangerous countries, and then H.R. 82 to force the deportation of criminal aliens uh, in, in America. So that's what we need to do. Yes, we are working to find the funds to build this wall. Uh, the $21 billion is an estimate. I've heard anywhere from uh, from 15 to 25 I, I can't tell you how much this thing is going to cost yet. Uh, I think they're looking at, uh, at, uh, at checking out some bids from different uh, people who uh, and uh, contractors who would like to build this thing. Uh, but it's absolutely necessary. We must, it is imperative that we secure our border and start enforcing the immigration laws that are on the books and have been there since 1986 uh, when, it, when it was signed into law by President Reagan. We must start securing our border. Great. Thank you, Congressman. We have so many questions coming in from our listeners. We're going to uh, bring one in now. So, Coming in with their question is Cynthia from Oregon. Hi. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Um, I have a quick question regarding the uh, DACA recipients and if yes. you have any insight on what uh, President Trump actually is planning to do with the DACA program, if he's going to let it expire, if he intends to um, let it keep going and giving these kids permission to stay here. Do you have anything that you can share with us about that? You know, Cynthia, I cannot answer that question accurately. All I know probably is, is, is about as much as you do. I think originally uh, Mr. Trump intended to enforce the law and, you know, to uh, in order to do that, uh, some of the, the, the DACA uh, executive order uh, by President Obama would be overturned. I am just like you hearing that uh, some, some, some language of his that is softening on that. And so I can't tell you, I don't know where President Trump is exactly on this DACA situation. 
I know there are several millions of them. Many of them have been here since they were very small children. Uh, it's, it's a difficult situation. I'm not going to lie to you because some of them don't speak Spanish. All they speak is English. Uh, some of them are college grads. Now, some of them are criminals as well. Uh, I think uh, at the absolute very least, we've got to deport these criminals that we're, we were talking about. I can't answer the question about where Mr. Trump is on DACA right now, though. Thank you, Congressman. And a reminder to everyone else, if you'd like to ask a question to Congressman Babin, please press zero on your phone. Uh, our next question was from Anne from North Carolina. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties and, and lost touch with her. However, her question, Congressman, if you're ready for it, is why was Iraq dropped from the list of countries subject to the temporary travel freeze in the new executive order? Now, from what uh, thanks, thank you for that, Ann, uh, that question. From what I understand, uh, Iraq's government has agreed to cooperate fully and to uh, come up with information uh, on their on their citizens who are wanting to immigrate, excuse me, become refugees into the United States. Uh, I have a problem with that. I really do, and I'll tell you why. Because Iraq's government is largely controlled by the Islamic Republic of Iran. I have a real problem, and I can tell you this, as a Houston congressman, I represent nine counties from Houston over to Louisiana. We arrested uh, an Iraqi refugee just about a year ago in Houston planning to blow up shopping malls. And uh, he was an Iraqi refugee. And he was in league with someone, with another refugee in California, and they were planning uh, to commit some of these terrorist acts. So uh, I think it, I think it's something that, I have, again, I want to tell you that I, I support the president's executive orders, uh, but quite frankly, uh, I think we need to be very, very cautious. But I do want you to realize that the president is under enormous pressure from uh, the liberal media, the mainstream media, uh, and many of the, uh, uh, the, the Democrats are uh, completely, I, I can't, it's hard for me to, to say this, but some of them are willfully blind in allowing folks into this country that could absolutely uh, cause uh, uh, the deaths and the destruction of, of, of uh, American lives and property. Uh, so uh, this is uh, this is what I know about it. I think there there was a there were some negotiations that were done between the, the Trump administration and the government of Iraq. Thank you, Congressman. And again, a reminder to our listeners: press zero if you have any questions. And Congressman, we have a great question coming for you. And on the line right now is Alexandra from California. Hi, Congressman. Thanks for answering my call. Why are lawmakers so interested in giving jobs to foreign workers with the same skill set as me when recent college grads are forced to live at home because they can't find jobs? I got you. Alexandra, that is a wonderful question. I cannot even imagine why we are continuing. Uh, this is this the reason for Trump's victory. We are, as American citizens, we are tired of playing second fiddle we are citizens. The Constitution gives us the rights and the liberties and the freedoms and the benefits of citizenship, and yet 
many of our elected officials, in the name of diversity and political correctness, will will put us second and and uh, jeopardize not only our lives and our property, but our jobs and our families. And uh, I, I'm a former mayor. I'm a former school board member as well. And I can tell you the forced uh, settlement of refugees from around the world, especially from these terrorist hotspots, into small towns, counties, and communities around our country against the will uh, because our, uh, those local citizens and populations are not given a chance to have a say in whether these people come into their, into their midst. And so it is a mystery to me how any elected official uh, could put his duty aside because the very first duty uh, as an elected official is to maintain the, the national security, the health and the safety, and the welfare, and uh, that includes the, the, the jobs, and uh, the prosperity of our citizens, our citizen constituents. So it's a mystery how that can happen. Uh, and uh, I can tell you that many of us in Congress are very concerned about that. And I can tell you that President Trump is, is as well. Uh, it is now time to put Americans first. And uh, that is what uh, the President wants to do. And I can tell you that's what Brian Babbitt wants to do. Congressman Babbitt, great answer, though. This is R.J. Hammond right here from FAIR, and uh, just wanted to work in another question uh, between our callers right here. Um, you know, last week in his address to Congress, uh, President Trump said, and I quote, by finally enforcing our immigration laws, we will raise wages, help the unemployed, save billions of dollars, and make our community safer for everyone. So, you know, as you know, um, passing a mandatory E-Verify uh, is a crucial way to ensure that employers aren't able to hire illegal aliens for, for cheaper wages, effectively harming American workers. You know, your colleague in the House and, and fellow Texan as well, uh, Congressman Lamar Smith, ha has authored a, a pretty fabulous bill called the Legal Workforce Act that would uh, implement mandatory E-Verify for all employers. You know, this past committee, last Congress, you know, we've heard this could be one bill the House could consider. Have you heard anything on it? Are, are, are you pushing for that? And, and do you think its effects uh, would best serve the American worker? I, absolutely, that would serve the best interests of American citizens. And I'm a co-sponsor of this bill and fully support E-Verify. But I will admit I have not heard anything about an imminent vote. It is absolutely and badly needed, though, let me tell you. Uh, it's, a, again, a no-brainer. And my good friend and colleague from San Antonio, uh, Lamar Smith, uh, has done a good thing when he has offered this bill. And I'm hoping that uh, this is another one, that your listeners could please call uh, their, their congressmen and their senators from around this country, wherever you live, and urge them not only to support H.R. 80 and H.R. 82, but also the E-Verify bill, and I'm sorry, I don't have the number of that bill, uh, it, but it, it is called the, the Legal Workforce Act. Do you know what number that bill is, Rob? We don't have it right in front of us right now, but when you say the Legal Workforce Act, they are right familiar with it. That's mandatory E-Verify. It has been introduced. But, you know, if, as long as you say E-Verify and you support it, that's all that matters. Um, okay. So, first of all, take a quick second to do a quick uh, poll question. Uh, everybody that's calling in, and all you can do is, is, is you can type the number that corresponds with your answer. So we're asking everybody that's calling in today, uh, 
immigration issue is important to you. Uh, press 1 if you believe that's border security. Press 2 if you believe that's refugee resettlement. Press 3 if you believe that's sanctuary cities. Press 4 if you believe that's American jobs going to foreigners. And press 5 if you believe that it's amnesty programs like DACA. I'm going to repeat those one more time for everybody out there. That's 1, border security, if you believe that's the most important. Number 2, refugee resettlement. Number three, sanctuary cities. Number four, American jobs going to foreigners. And number five, amnesty programs like DACA. And we'll keep that poll open. You just press that button at any time that corresponds with what you believe. And I believe we have one question coming up from uh, Ron from North Carolina. Ron, uh, Ron, go ahead. Hi. I understand why we're going after the criminal aliens first. And I've been studying this issue since 1986, by the way. But until we go after employers who knowingly hire illegals, we're not ever going to get our arms around the problem. I hope that uh, about a couple of thousand of these new ICE agents in particular will do work site checks in our interior because we know only about 5% of illegals. Uh, Congressman, it appears that we lost Ron. Uh, in, in the meantime, Congressman, we were uh, curious if you've seen any of the, the draft executive orders on immigration that came out a few weeks ago uh, involving the public charge doctrine, which prevents aliens and illegal aliens from receiving public benefits. Uh, if you've seen any action on that, either on the legislative front or if you're expecting it anytime soon to drop officially from the White House. Uh, that is, that, I, I tell you what, Rob, I can't answer that question accurately. Uh, that is, I know there's a bill out there. I haven't seen and, or heard anything about that coming up. Quite frankly, all we are talking about today uh, is, uh, is Obamacare repeal and replace. <laughs> um, but these are such important, you know, on your poll question, every one of those are absolutely important for the welfare and the safety, uh, and the sovereignty and prosperity of, of the United States of America. Uh, every one of those poll questions. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I can just tell you, uh, that, that, that you just asked me about is, is very, very important. Congressman Babbitt, real quick, I feel like one issue, again, you know, that is clearly uh, one of the things that's leading in our poll right here about which immigration issue is most important to you, and that's, and that's definitely sanctuary cities, which are, you know, state and local jurisdictions that willfully, you know, willfully defy federal law, release criminal aliens into the community, and, and put the American people at risk, and, and all too often, results in, in, in preventable tragedies like the death of Kate Steinle in San Francisco. You know, there's a bill, That's obviously, right. right now, um, Stop Dangerous Sanctuary Cities Act, introduced by your colleague uh, Diane Black and, and Senator Pat Toomey in the Senate. At the same time, uh, President Trump has, you know, taken an executive order, obviously, directing the DOJ to kind of go after sanctuary cities and their federal funding. Um, can, can you just talk about, uh, I, just, I guess, the nature of your opposition to sanctuary cities you know, as entities themselves, and kind of what you believe Congress should do and the role it should take, you know, to codify the fact that there shouldn't be no sanctuary cities, that future administrations cannot let these jurisdictions you know, run rampant, these 
criminal aliens into our community and defy existing federal law that's on the books. Uh, you know, it's, it's astounding that we even have to ask that question. How in the world any elected official, whether it be a mayor, a county judge, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a, a senator or a congressman or a governor, for goodness sakes, we have a, a sanctuary state in California. Um, how we can even be talking about this, how these people could, could think about jeopardizing their own uh, their own citizens, how they could be getting reelected when their citizens realize that criminals are, are continuing to come back into their city, like like San Francisco. You mentioned Kate Steinley and her death. Uh, Austin, Texas, uh, all around this country, we have over 300 sanctuary cities where uh, the the elected officials are bound to determine, in the name of diversity and political correctness to allow even criminals to have sanctuary in their cities, to refuse to, to cooperate with ICE on federal immigration law. And all I can say is I appreciate and applaud uh, President Trump for threatening to cut off uh, the federal funds for these cities and counties and even states. And uh, I'm, I am a co-sponsor of that bill that you were talking about of, of, of Diane Blacks. And... Uh, I, I just, it is a no-brainer. I know I keep saying no-brainer tonight, but it truly is how anyone could uh, could, could think that it is proper uh, and, a, and not a dereliction of their duty to allow aliens who are criminals to stay in their cities and counties and states at the uh, at the at the expense and the cost of the safety and security of their own citizens is a total mystery to me. We must cut off the funds to these areas, to these uh, municipalities, uh, counties, and so on. Uh, we have to uh, talk, we have to, uh, whatever it takes, uh, we have to make sure that these people begin to cooperate uh, on federal law. Congressman, and, you know, having an attorney general that cares about the rule of law will be a great start for that. Uh, again, I just want to remind all of our listeners to press zero. If you have a question, we've got a bunch coming in. We're going to do our best to get to as many of those as we can. And coming on now, Congressman, we have I... Burrell from Maine, who has a great question for you. Burrell, you're on with the Congressman. Okay. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Representative Bev, and uh, nice to talk to you. Yes, my concern is the number of uh, immigrant voters added to the voting rolls. Uh, if we look at the results of this last election, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, the total of about 100,000 votes swung this election. We know that the Democrats' goal is with immigration is to add Democrat voters to the role, roles. That is why they want it. Uh, in the negotiations that are going to be going forward, I believe the goal should be to minimize that. I think Senator Cotton has taken a step in that direction with the suggestion of a hundred or five hundred thousand limitation legally legalized, uh, it probably should go further. But the people that are given amnesty, I believe, should be given and I, there's gonna be amnesty. I think we can accept that at this point, okay? Whether it's DACA uh -huh. or something else. Go ahead. Can you respond to uh, Burrell's question about cutting chain migration and uh, possibly speak about the RAISE Act that Senator Cotton has introduced, and we're expecting a House companion soon. 
the president alluded to it when he said uh, millions of people voted illegally. I, I don't know whether there were millions. I have no clue. But I can tell you, I just read the other day, you know, here just across the, the Potomac from where I'm sitting right now in Virginia, uh, there were some counties over there that had as much as a 5% uh, illegal uh, voter rolls. Uh, 5%. If you multiply that by uh, hundreds and thousands of counties across this country, uh, whether it's 2, 3, 4, 5%, maybe some even greater, you have hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people who may be voting illegally. And then you've had a concerted effort by the Democrats uh, to prevent voter uh, identification and photo ID, proving that they are eligible citizens to vote. And uh, you, get it, you get the nail on the head by saying that the, the whole basis for this uh, is, is getting more votes and staying in power for the Democratic Party. I can assure you that if uh, illegal aliens that are coming into this country would ultimately vote uh, 75, 80 percent, maybe higher for Republicans, suddenly this compassion that we're seeing on the part of the Democrats uh, for opening our doors uh, would disappear uh, like fog on a hot day. And... Uh, so it is imperative for us to have a fair election system that is legal and uh, we don't have a, a voter fraud uh, because, as you said, uh, this election was, uh, was very, very close in some of these, uh, some of these real tough swing uh, states. And uh, how many were, were, were illegally cast? I'm not going to venture. It could be hundreds of thousands. It could be a few thousand. It could be a, you know, who knows what. Uh, I can't, I can't, uh, uh, I can't intelligently make that, make an estimate like that. But I can tell you that voter fraud needs to be investigated. I can tell you, we take it seriously down in my state of Texas. Uh, we had a, a photo ID law that was thrown out by the federal courts, and uh, it's my understanding that that has been partially overturned and I was talking to the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, uh, just uh, recently, and uh, we're hoping that we can re-institute uh, that photo ID so that we can, uh, that there will be proof of who that individual is and whether they are indeed a citizen of the United States. And uh, as, as, as it, it couldn't be any more important uh, for our constitutional republic if, if we choose and elect our officials to represent us, uh, whether it be in the city, the county, the state, or the federal uh, federal government, uh, that these elections are fair and they are being the votes are being uh, uh, cast by legal uh, citizens who are registered to vote. We're going to go to another caller who has a question about border infrastructure. So we have Luis from Texas on the line, Congressman Luis. Many years ago, a friend of mine started a company with uh, expertise that came out of NASA, and he put an infrared camera in the body of a plane and flew over Mexico and found it had a network of tunnels underneath it. We can build a fence, but they're going to tunnel underneath it. And I suggest that we use these infrared cameras and scan the border at least once a month to, under, uh, to uh, find any of the tunnels that are being tunneled under the fence. I think that would be a good idea. 
Thank, thank you, Louise. That's, that's a good question. I've taken several border tours. Uh, although I'm, I'm from Texas, we started these border tours over on, in, in, in uh, uh, California <clears throat> and in San Diego and worked our way east all the way back to McAllen, Texas. I have personally seen some of these tunnels that have been discovered, and they're ingeniously made. They've even got some of them have even little tracks in them for trams to run on, like a little train car that they can push uh, wagon loads of drugs and stuff like that uh, <clears throat> under our border. Uh, so, you know what, That's, it sounds like a far-fetched suggestion, but it is certainly not. Uh, it is something that we need to make sure uh, for our national security that uh, that we are doing that, because uh, these people are ingenious, and uh, they will use, uh, they will try to stay a step ahead of our Border Patrol and ICE agents, uh, and local sheriff's offices uh, and police departments all along the border. And uh, very good suggestion. I appreciate that, Louise. And we've gotten our uh, technical issues resolved with the poll question, so if everyone that's listening in is ready for it, the question is, which immigration reform issue should be Congress's top priority? Press 1 for mandatory E-Verify. Press 2 for defunding sanctuary cities, press three for merit-based immigration reform, or press four for fully fund the border wall, and press five for give Congress authority over refugee resettlement. And also, press zero if you would like to ask the congressman a question. We'll do the best we can to make sure we get to your question in time before we wrap this up tonight. In, in the meantime, Congressman, can you talk about biometric entry exit? We've had a couple of listeners ask about that, that uh, their, their connection was bad and dropped off before we could put them in the queue. But they're curious about biometric entry exit, which has been required by Congress repeatedly over the years and has never been implemented. What more needs to be done in order to make this happen so we can keep track of visa overstays? Thank you for that question. And, uh, yes, Congress has passed many a bill, much legislation, uh, which has either been uh, vetoed uh, or has been totally ignored by uh, this, this past president for the last eight years. And um, biometrics are a uh, – as we go into, uh, you know, with more and more technology, uh, computers, electronics, ourselves, um, and, and uh, biometrics, is a excellent way uh, to make identification. And uh, in some places it is being implemented. It has to be implemented on a much larger scale, and I'm hoping that it is. I can't really answer that question because I'm not real sure uh, how much and how and what kind of emphasis we're, uh, the federal government is, is giving to this at this point in time. But I surmise that under President Trump, and also under uh, our new Attorney General Jeff Sessions uh, and our Homeland Security, our new Homeland Security uh, uh, Secretary, uh, we're going to see uh, these types of plans and programs put into place, and more not only more boots on the ground at the border, but also have uh, the high tech uh, and, and, and uh, you know the technology. Uh, implemented to make sure that who is coming in and identification of these people, uh, so that we can, uh, we can stop bad actors, whether they be terrorists, 
drug runners, human smugglers, or, or just uh, folks that are coming over, uh, and we get the, we get their uh, their identification so that we can uh, we can check that again and see if they've been deported before and what reason they've been deported because we have mul multiple returns. Uh, again, Kate Stanley, uh, she was murdered by a, uh, a, a Mexican illegal uh, who had who had been deported, I think, uh, uh, at least five times that I know, uh, and had, had been uh, con continuing to return and always went back to San Francisco where uh, he murdered uh, Kate Stanley. And uh, these are the types of, uh, of this is the type of technology we need to, to stop this. And we have to have the will, uh, absolute will, to enforce the law. And, folks, I think we've got a president, and he has an attorney general, and we've got other cabinet members that really do intend uh, to enforce the law and make our country a sovereign nation again. Unbelievably. Uh, you look at, uh, at the differences between Mexico and the United States. If you tried to do the same things, if you were an American citizen sneaking into Mexico, committing a crime, or just uh, maybe even uh, just showing up uh, across the border, you can be arrested and put in jail, uh, fined heavily, and we have been just ignoring and looking the other way for years and years. And even predates uh, President Obama, we've been doing this, uh, these types of things, and it is time to enforce the law. And uh, biometrics is one of the tools we need uh, to make sure that we do enforce the law and enforce it uh, efficiently. Congressman Babin, our time is wound down. Uh, we want to thank you for spending time with us this evening. There is so much happening on the immigration issue right now, and we truly appreciate the insights you've provided tonight to our members. The FAIR team looks forward to working with you, Congress, and President Trump to advance true immigration reform that puts Americans first. And for our members, we're thrilled that you joined us.